I'm Alan Libsey, CFA, and welcome to the CFA UK's In Conversation podcast. This is the show for investment professionals all about issues, interests, and insights in today's profession. In this episode, we'll be talking to Rob Buckland. He's equity strategist at City here in London. I'll be asking Rob about what to make of the equity market's reaction to the COVID-19 crisis in the past month or so. So Rob, thanks very much for joining us today. Thanks, Alan. Thanks for having me on. Great. Good to see you. Now, look, you and I, we have seen a fair few bear markets in our time in heavy recessions, uh, but this one is truly got to be for the history books. We've had enormous drops in economic output, a crash in share prices, and then a complete reversal, and um, we're almost at the uh, previous highs. Is this latest shift in sentiment, do you think it's sustainable? I suppose what, what I'm trying to balance, Alan, is exactly what you've just said in terms of this being, even in my experience and your experience, the worst downturn in the world economy we've ever seen against the fact that the kitchen sink is being thrown at the economy and the markets by central banks. So the way I try and term it is that there's a giant bid out there, which is $6 trillion of QE. Now, to give you context on that, the maximum of 12-month rolling global QE that we saw in the last cycle has just been two. So it's three times that. And that's kind of on the bid. And then on the offer is the damage being done by um, the recession to corporate profits, where we think they'll be down globally somewhere around 50, 50, 60%. So in March, the offer was winning, the disastrous news on GDP and EPS. And now the bid is winning, the kitchen sink being thrown into the markets by central banks. Mm. Um, and I think the battle will continue. It'll, it'll go be on, off, on, 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 on and off for the rest of the year. When you look at it now, because you'll get asked this, I guess, all the time, and what valuation metrics have you applied, at least to the equity markets? Presumably, every market looks expensive on this year's earnings and likely on next year's as well. Yeah, I think one of the things that I'm hearing from investors is that central banks have almost pushed the markets away from thinking about 2020 numbers, which, as you say, are going to be a disaster, and towards looking at 2021 numbers, um, which should capture some of the rebound. So in a funny sort of way, financial markets, the duration, the, the, the time horizon of the equity market has been kind of pushed ahead to a recovery next year. And so I think that um, that's really what's going on here. My problem with that, Alan, is that the consensus is still looking for earnings at the end of 2021 to be ahead of earnings in 2019, sort of flat to up a bit. You know, it was up, up 20%. It's now sort of up zero to 5% globally. My number for, for that is minus 30. So I, I'm 30% below the consensus on earnings. So yeah, I get it. The markets are being prodded to look through the disaster of this year towards recovery next year. But even with a 40% recovery in EPS, I've got earnings down 30% at the end of next year relative to the end of last year. I also note that just looking at the bond market, the US bond market at least, uh, the yield curve there has steepened to the most in a couple of years. And I'm does that not imply a V-shaped recovery or is the, the bond markets also wrong? I mean, these are 
meant to be the most pessimistic people. <laughs> um, sure. I mean, think? I think I've got a V-shaped recovery in earnings, Alan, right? I've got up 40% next year, right? So it's, it, it's not that there isn't going to be a big rebound. I don't deny that. It's just the magnitude of the fall beforehand and the magnitude of the rebound afterwards. I'm, a, I'm afraid, and I'm sure nobody in the CFA would ever make this mistake, I had to explain to somebody who's a professional in financial markets that down 50% this year and up 40% next year still leaves you down 30%. It doesn't get you back to minus 10% or zero. It still leaves you down 30%. So I think there's this story at the moment that there's going to be a big rebound, and I, I totally buy into that. But markets are not just about direction. They're, you know, I think shorter term, the markets are about direction. But longer term, they're also about level. And my problem is the level of earnings that is in the consensus for the end of next year, which is effectively regaining where we were at the end of last year. I, I just don't buy that. So I know that, um, to slip into one of your favorite topics, I know that you've written about the withdrawal over time by companies of their equity, de-equitization, I think you call it, via share buybacks um, to shareholders. Surely many companies will need more equity this year and maybe next year as well. So do you think this is going to start to reverse? Will the trend of share buybacks now diminish, you think? Yeah, I mean, I think share buybacks are are kind of going to be harder to kill than that, Alan. I mean, this was the discussion, of course, after the last recession in 08-09, where particularly the financial sector equitized big time to, to rebuild balance sheets. But once that had been done, it really lasted for a couple of years. Once that had been done, we were back on this substituting debt for equity type trade. So I think you're right. In the short term, we'll see a burst of um, balance sheet repairing capital raises going on, and we're already seeing that. But Really, de-equitization is about the valuation gap that had opened up between the cost of debt and the cost of equity. And that's closing a bit at the moment, but it's still going to be there, I think, in two or three years' time. So I think the pressure will come back for companies to delist their shares or use debt to buy their competitors and, and so on. So I think there'll be a short burst of equitization maybe for 18 months, but then we'll get back onto de-equitization after that. Okay. And what's your forecast now, more um, generally, for the direction of European markets going forward, given that, uh, we, you know, we have already a very fragile, well, I would say, fragile banking system in Europe, uh, which will have even more bad loans to deal with going forward. Is there a, a cliff edge to come once government support for all industries and households is withdrawn? Yeah, I mean, I think we're all thinking about second waves of the virus. I think there's a second wave for the markets as well. And it's not even necessarily to do with whether the virus does break out again. And it's more to do with um, once this kind of sugar rush of cheap money runs out, the, the fact is central banks can prop up PEs or prop up valuations in the markets. But the E is still subject to gravity and GDP and economic forces and so on. So I, I totally agree with you. I think we can keep this short-term run going for a bit, but I think reality is going to drag markets back down uh, as we head into next year. It also raises the longer-term problem, which is when are central banks going to get us off this, right? It's all very, it's very easy to put someone onto a drug. It's quite hard to get them off again afterwards. And one of the things we have learned is how sensitive, particularly Europe, uh, was 
to any tiny little hike in rates that the ECB has tried over the last cycle, just how quickly that slows the economy down and gets markets back under pressure. So I think what the central banks are perhaps doing right now is kind of putting a bridge over this disastrous earnings year that we're going to see this year. But somewhere, somewhere along the line, they're going to have to start taking that bridge away. I think that'll be very difficult for financial markets to digest perhaps next year or the year after. Okay, that's great. There's a lot uh, there to get, to work with and think about uh, and chew on. Um, listen, Rob, thanks thanks a lot for uh, chatting with me today, and I'm sure the members will find that all very interesting. Uh, I thank um, all of you for joining us today, and look out for our next uh, podcast, the details of which will be in the regular CFA UK newsletter, or subscribe to CFA UK's SoundCloud channel. You can find out more at www.cfauk.org slash podcast. Thanks very much. Thanks again, Rob. Thank you.